are listening to Masks Off with host and life coach Kim Gross. My goal is to help people to go from people pleasing and perfectionism to powerful. I help you to uncover these patterns, own your shit, and remove these masks to live a more empowered life using my five step power pathway that takes you from people pleaser and perfectionist to powerful. Let's drop into this week's episode. Welcome everyone to another episode of Masks Off. I am Kim Gross and today I have Jamie Thurber with me, which Jamie has been here before and we had such a great conversation together the last time that she was so happy to come back on again and I'm really excited. So, so excited. But let me start first with the quote. And the quote for today is, honoring the space between. Very short, very simple, but yet so profound. So Jamie, what does that quote mean for you? How does that resonate for you? It's really been a new guide, I guess you could say lately, um, probably in the past couple of years, really, um, in a fast paced world where we're so results driven, I think we, we don't realize, and sometimes with upon reflection later we do, um, but we miss the part between the start or the, the action and the final item or the finish line or whatever you want to call it. And we don't realize it's all of the spots in the middle is really where I think a lot of the growth is done. A lot of the healing happens, the recognition, the realization, like all, there's so much beauty in the space between. So we can learn to still do the stuff because we're still going to do the stuff, you know, but pay a lot of attention to the spots in the middle. That's where I've really found the magic lives. And so I think I've committed to not missing the magic part. So that quote helps my brain remember, okay, remember where you are. This isn't a race. You know, <laughs> it's not yeah. just such a great explanation. And also I think about another quote too. It's the journey, not the destination. Yeah, true. Very one. yeah, those yeah. go well together for sure. <laughs> So thank you again for being here. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Jamie Thurber and I live uh, near St. Louis, Missouri, and I have a coaching and consulting business. I've been helping online businesses for over 10 years now and just working in small business for like 18 years, actually. And so um, I work with individuals from all walks of life and in different areas of business. And a lot of times the common denominator is people who um, want to be successful and they also want to be happy. And they, they know there's got to be a better way to establish, you know, a, a consistent, sustainable in-between stage there where, where they can do everything they need and want to do. So I have the honor of getting to help people with that. And most of which is through private coaching. And I do programs from time to time, but a lot of one-on-one um, coaching with clients and even go on location with them from time to time. Um, I'm working on writing a book. I don't know when that's going to be done, but I love writing. So that's exciting. And um, also have a passion for putting out um, 
thought-provoking content. So not only like inspiring, but just try to help people shift perspectives and be more, um, I guess, respectful maybe, or, or um, compassionate towards other people's humanness. Like that's something I'm very passionate about. And I enjoy using the social media and podcasts and things to share, to share those things. Mm, that's so beautiful. And you know what? It's so important because I think there are lots of people out there who do want to start and grow businesses and at the same time wanting balance to still like be, right? I always talk about how to be a human being and not a human doing and to find that balance between how do I grow a business and be successful, but how do I still maintain myself? How do I not lose myself? Because so many people in life can be so attached to outcomes and be outcome driven. And that's our conversation. So are you ready to take off your mask and be vulnerable? Yes, of course. All right, <laughs> let's do it. Let's take off our masks. So we thought about having this conversation and talking about some places where, you know, people may not normally want to go. And so before I press record, I was asking you like, what's up in your life? What's new? Mm -hmm. And so we started to talk and we found a couple of things and we can, you know, you were telling me, let's, let's start with how you recently lost your dog, which again, I'm so sorry for your loss and that it has been a journey for you to go through the grieving process. But you also shared that you have another feeling that is going alongside the grieving process after yeah. losing your dog, which may not necessarily be something that most people would admit to. So that's why we're taking off our masks because we're being freaking honest. Like we're being real with what's really going on inside of us. So do you wanna share with everyone what you shared with me about that process? Yeah. So, I mean, I think we're very complicated, complex people that all yes. of us are, you know, and somewhere along the lines, we were told to try to be like one dimensional and it's just not true. And, um, I realized, so I had a coach for many years tell me you are going to have to learn to dance with dance with grief. And I'm like, I don't know, no, I'm okay. I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, oh, you will though. And you have to just embrace it because it's such a big part. We don't realize that we don't give ourselves space, even for small things to grieve a loss of something or a change or whatever. And um, I actually lost two babies, two dogs, uh, four months apart. One had cancer and one was out of the blue. Um, I mean, she was old, but she was running around that morning, you know, like acting like her normal self. So with, I mean, with both of them, I've, I've felt both of these, uh, these feelings and I really, I'm super grateful for having a partner that is willing to have these kinds of conversations and, and we can say those things to each other and go, okay, okay. It's a very human thing, but so Mac my pit bull, he had cancer, he had bone cancer. And um, we ended up having to get his leg amputated and then he was great and running around like a crazy man. And then he went through chemo. And just in general though, he was a complicated dog. He was demanding of your attention. Like if he was in here right now, 
he would be crying. If you ever watch any of my videos, you'll hear him. He shows up, he paused, like, he's like, hello, it's my world. Why are you not talking to me? Um, and he would like that. He was the best, but he was like a little person, you know, um, stuck in a dog's body. And so then of course I basically took all of, uh, all of my time and I'm grateful with my business. I could do that to take care of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when he left, I would have rather in the grand scheme of things, I would have rather dealt with every crazy thing he demanded of me for his eight years on this planet than ha- not have him. But there was the adjustment of not only grieving his loss and him not being here, but also making making sure I wasn't being hard on myself or letting myself be like feel guilty for also having relief mm. because things got easier. You know, and in Bonnie, my 14-year-old, that um was fine. And then was she died in my car on the way to the emergency clinic. Um that one I can't talk about very much still because I'll just start bawling. But yeah, she was hilarious. I mean, I had her for 14 years and she was like the simplest, easiest dog, except for she would pee in the house. If you didn't catch her, she didn't care. She'd pee. Like if you didn't pay attention. So it was just constantly cleaning up, you know, and paying yeah. extra attention. And so again, you don't even realize that until they're gone. And yeah. so then you're sitting in this weird place of, wow, I don't have to care for them and have the extra whatever things are to do. And I'm missing them at the same time. And so it's trying to let that all exist because it's okay on both levels. Um, that I think is really hard. And I, I think people go through this with family members, human family members too, you know? Yeah. And so it's rough. You don't want, there's nothing wrong with that. Yes, that's the thing. There's nothing wrong with it. Yes. And I think that maybe, maybe I'm making an incorrect generalization when I say this. Maybe I'm projecting my own shit onto this conversation because I have worn the perfection mask so much in my life that it sounds almost horrible to say and so you talked about your fur babies, but my, my babies, same thing, they're 23 and 20 and they have just recently launched within the last year. And I can 100% identify with what you're saying, which is like, I miss them like crazy when they're not here. I miss them. And then when they come back and visit, there's almost this like, you know, cause there's that added extra level of worry, work, whatever it is. There's just like, I, all right, I'm going to say it. I hate cause they might watch this and listen. My kids might watch and listen. And it doesn't mean that I don't love them, but there is a certain level of ease in my life when they're on their own. And that's what you're saying. You know, there's, so it's both. It, but I think sometimes like people will think that that's a horrible thing to say. So instead of saying the truth and taking off our mask and you just saying that and me just saying that, we hide it, we keep it in. Maybe we say it to one friend or you might say it to your partner or whatever, but we don't say that because it would make, it may, people might think that we're saying something awful. 
Would you agree? A hundred percent. I think it's, we live a lot in a world of, of if like it's one, this or that, right. This or that we can't be both. And I don't know why or where that comes from, but you can be a loving, caring, dedicated mother and still be happy with, with not having to make sure everybody has their food every single day. And like all the things, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And just like, I can be willing to do absolutely anything for a family member or for my dogs and whatever. But then when, you know, like, for example, my mom broke her leg just recently and I've had to take her back and forth to the doctor because she wasn't relaying the messages of what he was saying and she couldn't drive. And do I want to take three days a month to take my mom to the doctor for the last four and a half months? No, like, I don't want to do that. But I will uh, willingly, and then there's no, it's not like it's a burden, yeah. but I think we live in this, this or that to where people say, well, if it's such a relief now that her leg is healed, then it must've been a burden when it wasn't. Well, no, I never felt that way at all. So why there, there's that weird catch 22, I think that a lot of people's heads go to, which is why they wouldn't want to say that out loud because they don't want them, anyone to think that they don't actually want to help or whatever it is. Yeah. And you know what? And then that goes, if we take that to an even deeper level, like what's underneath that, right? So it's almost like so many of us in society are afraid of being judged, Mm -hmm. right? Which is why we don't end up saying how we honestly, oh, and that's it, right? We don't end up being real or honest. And that's why I do masks off because we end up not speaking our truth. Okay. So I, oh my God, now I'm like getting chills because it's like all coming up. So recently I've been sharing a lot that when I was little and growing up that I didn't feel safe to share my truth with my mom or my family members or the truth about my family. Because if I did say something that in any way, shape or form would make my family or someone look bad, that I was bad. I was wrong for speaking up. And I wasn't necessarily, you know, when I was a teenager and I was saying something to my mom about the truth of how I felt, it was my experience of what I was feeling, but I still wasn't allowed to do that. And that's how we are conditioned and taught to not speak up because of the blaming, shaming, guilt, how dare you say that kind of thing. So there's even a layer and a flavor of that with what we're saying right here. Mm -hmm. Because underlying what we're saying is that there's a fear. Because if you were to, right, there's a fear. If you were to go and tell, and, and maybe you don't have it now, but there's a potential that the fear could be there. Let's just say, that you did on your TikToks, on your social media, that you shared with the world, what if you came on and said as like a hook, some, and maybe it wouldn't be this drastic, but something along the lines of, there's so much relief in not having to care for my puppies or something along those lines. People would be like, what the fuck? Like, right. you know, like you were just crying about it yesterday. So there's, the, <laughs> there's the, what's wrong with you thing, the judgment. So there's this fear. So we, 
aren't honest. Mm -hmm. We aren't vulnerable, right? So what do you think? That. Yeah, it made me think of the book, The Four Agreements, while you were saying that. Mm. And just how we have, you know, there's two in particular is don't take thing, anything personally, right? Mm. We do. I, most people do, I should say. Yeah. We're brought up that way. Our parents are that way. Go, oh, well, if this person does this, then it must be because of me or or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, like even as much as saying, hey, you know what? I, I know I said I was going to come over today, but I have a horrible headache or it was a really busy week. So I need to take some time for myself. I remember a place where I could not say that to someone because they would all flip out. You know, anybody would be so upset and be mad and take it personally yeah. when it has absolutely nothing to do with them, you know? And then we also have the other agreement I was thinking of was the one about always do your best. And I think we're just as judgmental of ourselves as we are as of other people, which is yes. a lot of times where that fear stems from. Like we're judging ourselves just as much as someone else would in so many places where it's like, man, if we could all learn to give ourselves grace and other people grace in return, like the things that we're stressing about when it comes to other humans would go away in such a big way or it would diminish, you know, so much. It, it would. And you're a hundred percent spot on because when I was sharing earlier and saying about like me feeling that way about my kids, I could hear even the inner mm -hmm. dialogue inside myself. Like I'm judging myself on mm -hmm. some level for feeling that way about my kids not being in the home. Like I'm feeling like I shouldn't be um, enjoying my time and my space without the minute at times, yeah. you know? So it's, it's even, there is like, there is a layer of the self-judgment there. And I, thankfully though, because we're having the conversation number one, but number two, like I, I'm aware enough to know that that's a pattern. So then I know what to do next with that in order to go in and like, okay, that's a childhood wound. I know how to go in and heal that so that I can come from a different space of having that grace for myself. Like, yeah, Kim, it's freaking normal that you would feel that way. You've raised these kids for 23 years. You've been a stay-at-home mom. Of course you're ready. It's natural. It's normal. Yeah. But, you know, well, cause you're allowed to miss them and like enjoy your downtime at the same time. Yeah. But it's complicated, right? They, that doesn't make sense to a lot of people. It doesn't match. And so where do you, you have to pick one and it's like, but that's baloney anyway. Like we don't actually pick one. The other one still exists. We just don't talk about it, which then makes it bigger. <laughs> exactly. Oh, see that you're touching on something really huge, right? And Brene Brown talks often in her books that when you put shame in a Petri dish, it just grows. Oh yeah. So if we're feeling some shame about any of these thoughts or feelings, like if you didn't share with me now or share with your partner or anyone else that you're feeling some level of grief that you now don't have that responsibility of taking care of the dogs, if you didn't share that and you just held it in thinking you were so wrong and, and you felt so much shame around feeling that way, you would just continue, it would grow and you would continue to barrage yourself with more 
self-criticism. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It would start to eat me alive on the inside. Yeah. And then I wouldn't actually be able to heal in grief because no. of that. You know, yeah. I remember Tony and I were talking about it because he didn't expect to, I mean, Mac was like his best friend. He was so mad at me for making him have all these feelings for a dog again. And I'm like, sorry. And so he was very much more emotional than he expected, I think. And so for us to be able to come to each other and say that, and we both could just breathe a little deeper afterwards, you know, like, yeah, that sucks. And don't get me wrong. I'd rather, you know, take him back and forth to the vet every week forever. If I had the option, like if he could be well and, and have that. Um, don't get me wrong. I would, I was waking up every four hours, give him medicine. I would do that forever if I, you know, could keep him, but that's just not, again, I wanted the other thing I think is true about this is the relief part. That's just reality. Yeah. But then we're told that we shouldn't, you know, oh, no, but you shouldn't. Cause that's not, you know, whatever pretty or industry standard or whatever you want to call it. But it's, that's just looking at like reality it's a black and white answer you know like right it is reality it is what it is and that you use such a great word you shouldn't right as soon as we use should or shouldn't then that is a sure sign that it's like society conditioning us that we're supposed to be a certain way we're supposed to think a certain way believe a certain way and when you don't align with that then there's something wrong with you like that's why so many of us are so freaking messed up. That's why yeah. we all need these coaches because we know like our true selves, we know, but we're taught that like, no, the way you think, the way you feel, the way you are is, is not okay. And I guess I want to even take that a step further and ask you a question since you do have your mask off, because like, I've just kind of picked up on a few things that you've shared in some of your social media that you and correct me if I'm wrong, but you seem to be the kind of person that you're like, no, fuck it. I'm going against the norm. Like I'm, you know, you are outspoken. You are like just very matter of fact and sure of who you are. Is that true? Is that a true accurate assessment? Yeah. That you're feeling? So, which is great because you are then able to go against the grain. No. Yeah. Absolutely. And I share it that way because I know a lot of people feel that way and they, but they do it behind closed doors because they, there's just such a stigma of who do you think you are and why do you, you should get to do it your own way. And well, that's great for you, but it would never work for me. I mean, these are all things that I've had to deal with and heal. I mean, I live in Midwest the Midwest way of thinking. And I have done things that most people here have no, they're like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. And I believe that the universe or whatever brought me to Tony because he lived such a different life than me or anyone I knew. He was a professional hockey player. He traveled throughout his entire childhood playing hockey and he got to experience life very differently. And so when I say these, some of these crazy ideas that I come up with, um, He's like, okay. And that's it. Like he's, there's no, who do you think you are? Why would you, he's almost mad that I don't expand more, you know, Mm -hmm. when I work in there, but it's just, he's one of the few people often that I can talk to about those things because 
it really does make a lot of people uncomfortable, I think is the one I'm really trying to get to. And even when I do share that online and there are people who follow me for that, um, it still makes a lot of people very uncomfortable. But my whole belief is, is that you lead by example or you can shine and say, hey, you know, it's okay. It's yeah. scary, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> You know, and, and this is awesome. I love that we're talking about this now because there is almost this sense of being too much, right? Have you felt that you've been too much for people? Yes, no? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, don't be so big, Jamie. Don't shine so bright because it's too much for me. You're too, what, have you heard that a lot throughout your life? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, tone down, quiet down. Don't say so much. You talk too much. You, your posts are too long. You're, you know, whatever. I'm like, well, my people read them. So it's all for you if you don't want to read it, but I have things to say. So here we go. You know, yeah. but yeah. I mean, everything from, I would know as a, the only woman in a male dominated business in automotive for a long time. So that was a thing. Um, luckily I had a boss who understood that I had like an advantage because of that. Um, but I mean, even on social media, some of my very, what I at one point would deem best friends, you know, would say, you know, Jamie, you're trying to be taken professionally. And then you post a modeling picture online and you can't, and I'm like, who says you can't believe in your body and be sexy and be beautiful and be very smart and able to help people make millions of dollars. Like, I don't understand where the disconnect is. I also was pretty lucky to live, to grow up with parents that were very much like, be whatever you need to be. Mm-hmm. And um, I would be crazy and loud and a tomboy and then in a dress the next day and whatever. And they didn't bat an eye. Yeah. But as soon as the rest of the world, you know, was involved. <laughs> yeah. So there's been ups and downs with that for sure. There's been times where I've hid for years and not realized I was doing it or I toned myself down a lot. Um, and I think it's just something you have to keep catching because it is such, such a society thing. Um, it totally is. And you're a target. It's almost like you're more of a target for judgment and criticism because you are shining so bright. So let me ask you this, and then maybe we can round it up with this. So let's say someone's listening to this who struggles to shine their light. They're more in a place of dimming. They don't feel comfortable shining and being bright and big and expansive and fully themselves, but want to be. What would you say would be the best way for them to do that, to start doing that? Like what would be a couple of simple, easy first steps for them to start moving toward that? I think, um, finding a way to put yourself out there um, in brief little moments. And it's like, so I can just jump on a live stream and talk. I can start up a podcast mic and talk. I've also been doing this for 10 years. Um, When I first started videoing, live streams weren't a thing, right? So you had to like pop up your phone and take a video and then upload it to YouTube. Like, (laughs) And they were not good at first, you know? 
But the thing that really helped me was when I first decided I was going all in and, and just really opening everything up to everyone for my business, especially um, Snapchat was brand new. Oh, it was before, you know, Instagram and Facebook had stories, right? But same concept of the fact for some people who don't know, and you know, a Snapchat story stays up for 24 hours. That's it. People can't send it. They can't save it. They can't. And it's up there for 24 hours and that's it. So I used that tool, the 24 hour window, because then like the perfectionist and the scary part of me wasn't so like, like trying to control it because it was just 24 hours. Oh yeah. That's beautiful. Like what's so bad about that? It's not like it's been forever. And so I do tell people that like, if you want to get better, better at that, just let yourself flow And in a place there, if you're looking for like kind of a safety, you can do it in that place to where it's not permanent. And so it's like a practice place. Um, And I think the other big thing is paying attention to anyone who makes you feel uncomfortable for doing it. Mm. And just take it from someone who didn't make everyone go away early enough. If somebody is, people are used to you being a certain way anyone who's been around you, when you start to change, it makes other people very uncomfortable. Totally. So if you, even if you're doing amazing things, if it's not the normal thing you're doing, it makes other people uncomfortable. And so just taking inventory regularly on what is making you feel like you shouldn't say the words or like you're wrong or, you know, and just removing those people from your space as much as you can. And that doesn't mean you're having like an angry conversation. You just take a step away. Um, like one of my best friends, her husband had said to her the other day, I've been coaching them with some things. And then he said, man, I just wish I could be as positive as Jamie. She's so positive all the time. And Kristen was like, I mean, yeah, but she's also real. But the reason that she's like that is because she's removed all the negative people from her life. And if something yeah. negative happens, she deals with it in the moment. And I was like, oh, and you're right. That is what I do. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a big part of it. It truly is. Um, I love that you said that I actually do in my five-step power pathway program during like the R of power, radical responsibility. One of the activities that I have people do is an eight, nine, tens list. So not only do, not only do I have them do it with people, but also things in their lives. So everybody that's in your life, write them down on a piece of paper and then rank them from one to 10. 10 is like, you know, they are badasses. They're supportive. They're bringing so much value into your life. You know, they're your cheerleaders, champions, they inspire. And then one's being like the most toxic person you could have in your life and then rank them, like literally rank them. And then get rid of the one, twos and threes for sure. Make sure you're keeping your eight, nines and tens and being around them as often as possible. And then maybe like the five, six and sevens, maybe like our certain family members, or maybe it's a boss or maybe like, they're not really pulling you down and they're not really toxic, but they're, you kind of do just keep them and need to keep them in your life. Maybe there's some obligation, but you maybe set boundaries and you spend less time around those people. And that's kind of what you're saying. So that you, when you have those eight, nines and tens, and you're surrounded by those all the time, 
you're going to have more people cheering you on as you try to shine your light even brighter, right? Yeah. I think the radical responsibility thing is important, like you said, because also even if it's somebody that you really care about and that you really want to support you, some people really won't, right? Maybe there are five and they're going to stay five forever. Yeah. For example, like my mom and I have a great relationship and not, we always have, but there was a time where she did not understand mm. what I was out here doing and, and in so many things, but she loves me and she's understanding. And I have taken the time over the years to explain things to my parents about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and why it works and what, you know, whatever. And also just telling them you're allowed to have your own opinion, but these are conversations no one's ever had with them, you know? Yeah. So sometimes you do have the ability, and I think that's part of shining. So I have a lighthouse tattoo on my ah, arm. See? So it, it comes from this decision that, I mean, I think I've always done this even before I realized that I was doing it, but it's, you can't force people to follow you. And so the whole lighthouse and tugboat concept is that you can jump into the water and try to save everyone all day, right? And try to pull them into harbor. And the likelihood is you're getting battered and beat up and bruised along the way. Yep. And you can't force someone to do something. They have to want to do it and want to change or want to believe what, you know, see what you're doing and support you. Um, But you can stand and shine and lead by example, and you can show people, you know, safe passage into Harbor, right. Um, Without it beating you up, because if you let it beat you up, then you can't help. It's, it's this catch 22 again, you know, Um, and so I remember hearing that for the first time from a coach and going, oh my God, you're right. Whoa. Okay. And it just became such a big part of, of my purpose on this planet, I think, um, to where, but I wish I would have thought of that earlier, right. Without realizing how much I was allowing other people's judgments to, to keep me from being as, as much me as I wanted. And also the rule book. I think that's the other deal, you know, like whose measuring stick are you measuring yourself up against or some strangers? Like, (laughs) yeah, well, and, and there's two things that I want to say to kind of like round it out. One is your, throughout the whole conversation, we've been speaking to the Teddy Roosevelt quote, which Brene Brown again uses about daring greatly. And again, the people that we are concerned about their judgment with are the ones that are the critics in the stands. They're not necessarily in the arena. So to your point, exactly. Like, are you really going to worry about someone who's sitting them in the stands and they're not in the arena themselves? They're not getting bloody. They're not getting sweaty. They're not getting dirty. They're not taking the risks, but yet they want to sit there and judge and criticize. Like that's who you're going to worry about kind of thing, right? Like who's judgment are you, you, are you going by? That's one thing. The other thing is that I have often heard the, you know, I've often heard people talk about the light shining the light, and then people will follow and things of that nature so many times. But I just want to say to you, like, thank you for sharing it from your perspective, because when you explained that the way you did, it resonated with me in such a deeper way than it ever has before. That whole visual of the boat, because I've often worn the mask of rescuer. I really can wear that mask big time. 
Like I want to rescue and save the freaking world from my family of origin to my kids, to everyone, to even clients. I want to just give everyone free stuff. I don't want to pay it, you know, charge anyone for anything. Cause I just want to save everyone. But that visual of the tugboat and all I could imagine was getting so freaking tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying to save people that way rather than just be the lighthouse and just be the light. And I just wanted to thank you for sharing that whole visual because it made, it just hit me in such a deeper way than it ever has before. Oh, good. Thank you. I, I love that. And, and because I do think it's so powerful. And I wanted to just note that sometimes the things that we're saying, some people, if you take it at a surface level, it may sound heartless mm-hmm. or mean, yeah. or how do you just not talk to someone? And, and I, what I want to say is the thing that's really helped me is finding a place of compassion for everyone, because mm-hmm. I desire for people to have that for me. Right. Yeah. And because of that, I do like, you know, my dogs died and Mac had cancer and I didn't, I stopped talking to a lot of people because it just had no capacity for it. I took care of my clients and, and, you know, that was that. But when, when the dogs died, my assistant told everyone because I just couldn't have the conversation. So like anyone I do work with, and because I live in a world where I give compassion as much as I expected, I believe that, I mean, the people I had surrounded myself with, no one batted an eye at giving me space to do what I needed to do. Mm. Um, and what a beautiful relationship to where, I mean, that was hard, even though I've been practicing this for a long time, it was still very difficult to not feel like I was letting everyone down. Mm. But I think that's again, an old story, right? That's an old, an old story. We're telling ourselves, if we want to talk about Brene Brown, she uses that to the story you're telling yourself yep. that most of the time, no one else would ever even think of you. You just, your critics are in your head telling you that. Um, but I think compassion is a big thing. I think it's underrated and people should talk a little bit more about it to where even for compassion for yourself, when you do jump into the water and try to save someone, and then you're like, damn, why did I do that? Um, to the person who's like, how dare you say you're not going to help someone in the water? You know, there's just compassion all the way around for where someone is in their own world and in their own journey really takes some of that heaviness that I think we normally just like throw in our backpack and walk around with, it releases some of that and does give you more space to be who you are. Um, So yeah, compassion. I think that's a big piece. I was was thinking some people are listening to this going, yeah, well, that's easier because it is easier said than done. It is work, you know, but compassion and being kind is really at the root of it all. And that's why it's able, I think that's why people are able to establish that. Um, For me, it's been being compassionate and kind because then I'm not alienating anyone or being horribly mean to somebody or or whatever. None of that, because that all comes with his own list of other problems, you know? (laughs) Totally. So it goes back into that like binary all or nothing thing. So yeah. Well, first of all, I could say that I could keep talking for another hour. I know we said this the last time that we were on together. Like I really can just talk with you for a really long time and I want to be mindful of people listening. And then normally I would say to any guests that I have on, like, do you have one 
takeaway or imparting piece of wisdom for the listeners, I think you just gave it about the compassion piece. And I think it's beautiful. Is, is that, does that feel complete for you? Or is there anything else that you would want to add as far as the takeaway from this conversation? I think it's, it's beautiful that that actually came up because the compassion and kindness to yourself as well as others, that goes all the way back to our beginning of our conversation with the very comp complex human emotions that we feel um, on both sides. They're, you know, all over the place sometimes. And if you can just have compassion for that within yourself and see it within others too, I mean, I think that's one of the most beautiful things we can adopt. It makes our, it'll, it actually makes your life easier. <laughs> it really does. It's so, it so does. Yeah. Um, I love this conversation. You're amazing. If people want to find you, where can they find you? Um, I am on Instagram. It's jamie.thurber on Instagram, Facebook. It's just Jamie Thurber. Um, and then my website is jamiethurber.com. And um, I do have a beautiful new page that I love it. So it's jamiethurber.com slash coaching is this really pretty page like that describes a lot of the work I do. Awesome. Um, but I'm all over those places all the time. <laughs> okay. And I'll have all of that in the show notes as well. So thank you again for having another conversation with me today. I really appreciated it. Thank you. I appreciate you. These are always fun. And I like I said, I'll come back as many times as you want me to. Thank you. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> so thank you everybody for listening to another episode of Masks Off. I'm Kim Gross. This is Jamie Thurber. And if you liked this conversation, which I'm sure you have, we would love if you commented, shared a thought, share a thought with us. And I would appreciate it and love it if you liked, subscribe. Thank you. Until next time, I will see you. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to take the next step to overcoming your people-pleasing and perfectionistic tendencies, reach out to me at kimgrosscoaching.com for a free discovery call. Also, if you liked what you heard today, I would love it if you subscribed or left a review. And remember... Remove your masks and create the life that you desire.